Listen, I don't have much time, but do you feel like you're going out of your gourd? Are you, do you have the cabin fever? Have you run out of Netflix to watch? If, has the thought occurred, hey, you know what? I can make funny stuff. I've been watching TikTok. I've been watching all the social networks and seeing what kind of creativity is coming out. I could create that. Hey, you know what? I wish they made a podcast about this. Well, you know what? You can make your own podcast. Go to anchor.fm. Go to it, please, right now. Make your own podcast. It's the lazy person's way to make stuff. You can make little segments. Uh, you could put music on there, found sounds, babies laughing, neighbors throwing frisbees, uh, uh, your friends playing guitar. Ah, it's so good. Anchor.fm. Please get this and find me. Inspirato Projecto. Let's be friends. Okay? Anchor.fm. entertaining now what you heard there was a very very important uh, public service announcement from Ringo Starr uh, just please do not send him any more mail I know I know a lot of us I've personally sent him statues I've sculpted I've sent him albums and albums worth of material by albums vinyl you know I would make them I would specially press this vinyl with my songs one of a kind copy sent it off to Ringo and uh, uh, you know just but that was after that was after I saw this video so I just finally saw this video so now it's making sense why um, I'm not getting any of my stuff signed or sent back to me or whatnot I mean yeah some of that stuff were was gifts you know like I sent a bunch of uh, doodles I make when I'm talking on the phone, stuff like that. Pictures of trees and stuff like that. I know he's a he's a painter, so I thought maybe it could inspire him. So, uh, yeah, by the time I already sent all that stuff, I mean, I'm talking, phew, you wouldn't believe, you wouldn't believe Ringo Starr. So just don't, just don't send him any stuff. If you expect him to sign it, if you want it to go into his trash, because it's kind of an archive, if you think about it. It's, a, it's an archive. It's saved. Uh, the main archive is a landfill somewhere uh, in the area where he resides at one of those addresses that you send the stuff to. If, if for nothing more, perhaps his assistants, maybe he lets them open them up and have them. So that, that in itself would be fun just to say, my... My stuff ended up in Ringo Starr's garbage. So that was Ringo Starr. 
uh, we also heard a very nice, a very nice endorsement uh, from Forgotten Tales. You also heard that. Uh, I'd also like to mention, this right here is, uh, as of the time I'm creating this, this is May 26th, 2018. Yeah, by the way, you're listening to Inspirato Projecto. I'm your host, CEC, and you will hear lots of varietals. Lots of varietals. June 3rd is the next Yachtly Crew Shindig, if you'd like to call it that. Some call it Yacht Rock Party. Others call it Time Travel Dream Cruise through the 70s and 80s love song classics. Everyone's got their own sort of ship rock. Some folks show up and get ship-faced. Dancing a ship rock. Ship, 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 rock. So this will be at Crony's Sports Grill out there in Simi Valley. Summer kickoff party. Now I've heard that there are a lot of UFO fighting, uh, <laughs> UFO fightings, perhaps even UFO fightings, UFO sightings out there in Simi Valley. So if, if it all goes well, we'll have a UFO sighting. Just like what happened at that Jimi Hendrix concert out there in Hawaii on the volcano. UFO sighting. They saw it stopped, watched the show, and then flew off. All these witnesses saw it, so ideally that thing will happen with Yachtly Crew. So, without further ado, I know a lot of you have heard me talk about Yachtly Crew. Yeah, perhaps maybe you haven't investigated any of the videos or heard any of what Yachtly Crew is capable of. So, here is Yachtly Crew Live at Viper Room. And I'd like to see, I know I left notes on this thing. I know I left notes on this thing. Oh yes, here we go. Yachtly Crew performs Fooled Around and Fell in Love by Elvin Bishop at the Viper Room on Sunset Strip, 6-23-2017. So that was almost a year ago. Yachtly Crew's been together for a little over a year and a half Maybe at this point, a lot of steam moving, a lot of steam moving. So here we go. I'm going to attach it on here for you. And by the way, that show was sold out. If you uh, look on YouTube, Yachtly Crew sold out Viper Room. Yikes, Yikes McFikes. You'll see how long that line was. Here we go.
Hi, it's Mickey Dolans here. You're listening to Inspirado Projecto. Restroom, or in old language, a couple thousand years ago, disciples. Those who are trying to prepare themselves for entry into the evolutionary level above human, synonymous with the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. We're going to talk to you about the most urgent thing that is on our mind and what we suspect is the most urgent thing on the minds of those who will connect with us. We'll title this tape, Planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to evacuate is to leave with us. Planet Earth about to be recycled. Your only chance to survive or evacuate is to leave with us. Now, that's a pretty major statement, pretty bold in terms of religion, in terms of anybody's intelligent thinking to most people who would consider themselves intelligent beings that say, well, that's, that's absurd. What's all this doomsday stuff? What's all this prophetic stuff? You know, intelligent human beings should realize that everything has their cycle. They have their season. They have their beginning. They have their end. They have cycles. We're not saying that planet Earth is coming to an end. We're saying that planet Earth is about to be refurbished, spaded under, and have another chance to serve as a garden for another human. Now, the reason this is such an interesting time is not only because we're on the threshold of the end of this civilization, because it's about to be recycled, but because of where that finds us, where that finds you, where that finds those who would judge us, how we would speak of them and how they would speak of us. Now you say, you keep saying us, who do you think you are? Well, I, in all honesty, must acknowledge my father. My father is not a human father. My father is a member of the evolutionary level above human, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Gave me birth into that kingdom before this civilization began. 
Now, I'm not here to sell you on that, or who I am, or who these are. I'm here to offer you, as these are, an opportunity to know the truth so that if you can connect with it at any level, then you might survive the respading or the recycling that is about to occur. It's time to brush your teeth, fam. Brush your teeth, fam. Brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, fam. Brush your teeth, bro. Brush your teeth, sis. Brush your teeth, brush your teeth, brush your teeth, fam. That. Yeah, I missed checking my bag. I was like, but I'm 55 minutes early. And she's like, yeah, we stopped. And I got there at like 8 o'clock or something like that. 8 a.m.? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, we stop at like 7, like 58 or something like that. And I was like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. And she's like, well, you can just get a later one. And I was like, okay, then. Hmm. So I did, and then I found out that I gotta pay seventy-five dollars to do that. And that's like, all right, what? Bastards, it's interesting how you learn this stuff after you're already there. Like, they won't let you know about this until you get there, and then you, oh man, that's crazy. So you waited around. How long did you wait around for the next airplane? Yeah. How much? How long did you wait around? Are you interviewing me? Yes. How long did you wait around for until the next airplane? Walks on the beach. Sorry, you're, you're, you'll be going out to iTunes before you know it. Um, so, <laughs> so did they at least give you any pretzels on the plane? No, I got uh, tea biscuits. Good. Oh. Did you have some tea to dip them into? Uh, no. Did you have black <laughs> coffee? No, I had Dunkin' Donuts. Now, you didn't have any pretzels, but did you have any pretzels? Pretzels? <laughs> oh, so it wasn't... beer nuts either. Oh, okay. So it wasn't British Airways, after all. Okay. What airline did you take? American. Oh, gotcha. British Airways is actually... Oh, so they... British they... Airlines is actually a really good airline. Oh, it is? Did yeah. they give you Vegemite on the plane? That would be Qantas. Oh. Have you been on that one? No. According to Rain Man, it's the only one that's never crashed. <laughs> now, wouldn't that... <laughs> wouldn't it be interesting if... If the big reveal of Qantas Airlines is that all of the... All of the flight attendants wear kangaroo masks, mm -hmm. so that or would be koalas. awesome, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, or koalas, koalas and kangas. They should give you a koala for all the first class men. 
Oh, that's good. Oh, wouldn't it be great if, if the whole plane was just filled with koalas that you get to pet while you're flying? And then someone's going to go, koalas are evil. <laughs> oh, gee. And as soon as that revelation hits, all of a sudden the koalas start eating the people. Every time I say that I want a koala, people always have to say, oh, they're evil. They'll, like, scratch oh, boy. and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, dude, so a sloth, but, I mean, I still want a sloth. <laughs> they read some random Sloths article when... chill, though. Yeah, but they got, like, super oh. long nails, and I guess... Oh, they, they, they'll you hurt. Do, they you you do piss them off, yeah, they'll, mm, they'll take a swipe at you. Oh, it's a very slow swipe. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> It's like super slow. Yes, you can always see. You can, <laughs> like a matrix, matrix kind of move. So a fight between slots is like watching the ma a matrix fight. They're always smiling. Though. Yeah, they are. I don't see why they would ever. I know that makes no sense whatsoever. They got the built-in smile. I guess they're like uh, the ones that are in the wild. They're all like they're almost like a green hue because they need this algae that goes on their fur. Oh. And they roll around the algae like a pig in mud? No, it just grows on them. You know, the algae the grows on them? Yeah, because it just, uh, whatchamacallit, they live in the trees or something like that. So just the algae, like, kind of just grows on their fur and protects them. So they're, like, part animal, part plant. The first plant-animal hybrid that but I've ever heard. It's part of, like, a, I don't know what they were saying, like, almost like a camouflage. You know what I mean? So, like, people can't find them. Hmm. I saw a video of them, like, trying to catch her. Capture like them and shit, you know. And they're like bastards about it. They'll like shoot them with a trank dart, and they're like high up in the tree, and so they just fall. Oh the trees god! And shit like that, you know. So they bring. I don't want to hear them. that. So wait, so do these slots move faster when they're being chased? No. <laughs> so they move just as slow from one minute to the next, no matter what is going on. They're doing it just for tourists, you know. Like they sell them to like those like zoos, you know. Well, no, what, what I'm curious about is with sloths, like, do they, do you think they're just slow, like, just all the time and no matter what they're doing? Mm -hmm. That is interesting. Like a turtle. The turtle of the trees. Yep. <laughs> the turtle of the trees. I think we've just discovered something very important here, is that sloths are indeed the turtles of the trees. Well, I did find out that turtles only know a mile radius of their home. Oh. it like an elephant almost, you know? And so if you move a turtle, like, from its home or that mile radius, they'll spend a lifetime trying to find that again. Oh, my gosh. So then their whole motivation it's from that point forward is to try to find home. home. Hmm. So all those times that, like, you know, I don't know if you guys ever had, did that one. When you were a kid, you know, the little turtles with the little red stripe on their head and stuff like that, you know? We would catch get them out of the pond, you know, and like capture them. Mm -hmm. So they're always just trying to get back home. Yeah, they're always trying to like get back to that mile radius. Aww. So do they? Do they have like an? Uh, so they're almost living in a, like a life of chaos, you know? Because like, where's my home? Like, you know, almost like OCD. So they? So they've lost Is the that map, what their voice like the. Would be like too? Yeah, they would be. Where's my home? <laughs> if there was the stoner turtle and finding. Where's my home? Maybe we help you find my home. Where did it go? Lost my way again. What am I playing? What am I playing? The Legend of Zelda? Am I in the Lost Forest again? I lost my radius. I gone during lost my radius again. While we're at it, where are my car keys? Sure would like to have some bubble gum. Where is that?
I won't. At work, there was a giant, like, prehistoric-looking snapping turtle that, like, found its way, like, in the middle of the road. Mm. So, like, everybody on their lunch, like, went out and, like, was, like, looking at it and stuff. And somebody tried picking it up, and they were, like, all scared and shit. Jeez. Know? So how do they know the thing was prehistoric? It looked prehistoric. Like I, it had seen the birth of the T-Rex? Well, that'd be interesting if that actual tortoise ache or turtle, like, was the very first turtle to ever witness the birth of the very first ever T-Rex. That'd be interesting. Mm. And just nobody had any idea about that. It probably was, like, super old, though, because it was huge. How many, how many times know. throughout its life do you think people try to ride on its back? <laughs> Four. Was it a big one? <laughs> yeah, it was like that. Like a Galapagos Island turtle? No, uh, not a Galapagos Oh. Size of a schnauzer. The shell was about a, I don't know, a ruler. A ruler. So, I bet you if there were kids around, they'd probably put their G.I. Joe guys on its back. Oh my god, or their uh, never ending story action figures. Some little punks gonna like tag and tag the shell. Or Barbies. Riding on the giant turtle. Riding on the giant turtle, yes. Goliath, where are you, my boy? And it comes galloping in, this big turtle. <laughs> Goliath, why are you my boy? <laughs> Suddenly got hooves. Little do we realize that turtles always had hooves. Clomp, clomp. Natural hooves. Yeah. You can do it, my boy. Get through that obstacle course. Whoa, turtles now growl. That'd be so awesome. That'd be awesome. I mean, dude, just imagine if someone, there's probably some scientist somewhere who has figured out how to make the sloth faster. Someone has genetically altered its, the Swifty sloth. They call it sloth 2.0. And now I present to you sloth 2.0. I met at my basement laboratory. With a, with a grant from my uncle. Look at it, it's Sloth 2.0. Go get it. And he throws a banana and it runs and it runs after it. With that smile on its face. With their little wee legs. Yeah, yeah. You know, a sloth would be perfect if it were a comedian. Wouldn't that be great? You know, you could teach a sloth to tell jokes and it's always smiling. It's always smiling at its own jokes. It's always very pleased with its own humor. Oh gosh, yes, yes, yes. Zootopia? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing trailers for that. You know what they need to do? They, and by they, it's the, you know, whoever decides to do it, it might even be me. A mashup of Zooropa, the song Zooropa, with Zootopia. Has anyone done that yet? No, copyright. <laughs> <laughs> A mashup, as the kids call it. And by kids, I mean K I D Z. Mash the button. Mash the button, smash the gopher. I want you to press the button, not mash. Quietly press the button with Don't compassion. Mash it like mashed potatoes. Mash. mash potato that potato. I'm going to use a potato masher to mash that button. Now that would be a great, kind of like the gopher thing, but it's potatoes popping their head out of the dirt and you got to smash the potato. Mash the potato. Potato. Mash the potato. That would be a great arcade game, I think. You like what? Yeah. 
mash the potato. It's kind of like that. Are they gophers or like? Yes. Whack-a-mole. Those things, yeah, that pop out. Where are we going? It's having me go back onto the 101. We're doing it. We're doing it. Squeeze that lemon. I just drank a lemonade. It's happening, and it's happening right now. There's brace one, yourselves. Brace yourselves, because one thing's for sure, it's happening right now. <laughs> you can't escape it. Like you're not. Don't act like you don't know that it's happening right now. You are involved with this too, you know. You know. I ain't the only one responsible. So what's your next move? I'm just following the GPS. What does GPS stand for? Uh, oh, that's yeah, good. Christian Guidance knows. Christian knows. I always thought it was the goblin book snakes, but... Oh, that's right, that's GPS. <laughs> They're in a G, yeah. <laughs> They're looking at all the old school maps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a bunch of tiny little goblins with the, all their maps spread out trying to find find the way for you. They're huffing and puffing because they're running around the office looking in file cabinets, dealing with the Dewey Decimal System, frantically scurrying through the archives. You know, I think it's time. I've, I've frequently thought about this, doing a, a biopic or a biopic, as the kid calls it. Kid calls it. Um, of the, of Dewey, Dewey, and inventing his decimal system. That's an untold story. Of how he came up with these cards. That's true. That would be a good question to explore. Did he did he invent the card catalog? I think so. Or did he just simply design? Better question. Yeah. Who is this Dewey guy? Who is this Dewey guy? And how many libraries? How many libraries, how long did it take before he got a library to co-sign on his idea and actually utilize it in their library? That would be interesting. Like he went up to and they were like, this is the fucking dumbest idea I've ever yeah. heard in my life. He's <laughs> like, look, it's simple, look, 700s is science, 300s is geology, 200s is art. Do I need to explain more? <laughs> Two, 243.316. That is obviously Vincent Van Gogh. Do you get it or not? It's simple. You gotta go down aisle two. 733.1156. Autobiography of Abraham Lincoln. Don't you understand, people, how simple this can be? That's the untold story. He also deserves, uh, that would make a good play. I think too where you see a wall I'm imagining like a wall kind of like a Terry Gilliam film where you see this wall of files and he's explaining to this librarian it's almost like an orchestra you know he's like 500s are the oceans right there right there right there 501 is a rattlesnake right there <laughs> It's simple, it's simple. Why do I need to explain? It's right there in front of you. 332 <laughs> is 
feet. Can't you see how easy it can be? 205 is pencils. I don't understand why you don't get what I'm saying. It's like pulling teeth. Woo, what? I don't like it, and you don't like it either, so why not just agree? It's simple if you listen to me, to me. And a 134.5 is something else called a Guinness Book of World Record. Don't you know how easy it can be? <laughs> just listen to me. That's right. That'll be the Dewey Decimal Musical. That'll be the first one. It'll be his life. I'd love to know, like, what, what tipped that off, because he must have liked mathematics. Do you think he liked mathematics? Uh, I think he had OCD. You think he had uh, undiagnosed OCD? Yep. They needed everything categorized. Oh, that's good. Perfect. Do you think he was swift with his fingers, like, uh, like what's his name, John Cusack and uh, being John Malkovich? Did you see that movie? Where was he fast in John? Remember, he was really fast with his fingers with the filing. Fast filing fingers. I haven't seen John Malkovich forever. Oh, well, John Cusack. I do remember saying that it was good. This is a brief movie review of it. I liked it, by the way. Did you see being John Malkovich? Uh, I think I saw bits and pieces of it. I probably fell asleep. Um, not to be confused with the parody being John Milkovich, which is about a person who continually enters the brain of a gallon of milk until it's all drank away. That's that's a whole nother, that's a parody. But in this being John Malkovich movie, it's, uh, it's an interesting parallel. They find a portal to John Malkovich's brain. John Cusack, he's working at a company called the Seven... Uh, I forgot what the name of the company is, but it's the seven and a half floor. Remember that? They have to wedge yeah. the elevator and they all walk like bent over the whole time because it's like so small. So he, he's he's filing. He, he's really good at filing because of his uh, dexterity because he's a puppeteer. So I think that's why he's like, brr, brr, and they're like, wow, you're a great filer. So I imagine you get the scene of the Dewey Decimal movie uh, where you just see close-ups of his fingers and he's like, brr. maybe we can hire the same hand double who did uh, John Cusack. Do you know who their agent is? <laughs> no, I don't. Do you have their phone number? Uh, no. If I had an address, would you know how to send a carrier pigeon to them? Possibly. There you go. That's all I knew. That's all I knew. Here, I'll help you put it on. Here, can you hold this up for me? Uh, here, I'm going to put that on and help you put it on. It's gonna be, we're going to be trying to put it on just as all these people are coming out and we're trying to get it on, you know what I mean? We've got to wait for them anyway. <laughs> Do you know that right now somebody's watching you? Yeah, big brother. That would actually be a great segment. You just go up to people in the street. Pardon me. Do you know, Do you know that someone's watching you? So we're entering the tram. We're entering the tram. Hold on. Like I said, hold on to your hat. You got two hands, so you can hold one on the pole and one on your hat. Doesn't watch. Once this thing gets moving, um, it'll feel like, it's like one a bullet of those train. Yeah, it'll feel like one of those movies, like like uh, Die Hard or something. <laughs> like Die Hard. Where, yeah, like someone's on the roof, like Batman or something. Like he's up there chasing around Joker or something, having a, one of those train. 
Wolverine. Those tra train chases, like on the yeah, yeah, Wolverine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, before you know it, there's going to be a claw and snickety snickety <laughs> its way through the ceiling. And Colossus shows up. So listen to that quietness. Hello, I'm Jim Cuno, president of the Getty. For all of us at the Getty, welcome and enjoy your visit. Hello, Changed his style. He was very traditional at first, and then after he came back from India, he became more mm, like, twisted, almost a little bit more. Like his stuff became darker, you know. Mm? Did he start meditating? I bet you. Yeah. And they also have like mushrooms out there that like make you trip balls and shit like that, you know. And when in Rome, I would assume he did some, you know. It's kind of like um, Alexander the Great. Same thing happened to him. Hmm? He got he got lost in India. Hmm? Like in just, the shrooms? Hmm? Well, doing opiates and stuff like that. I mean, and just he fell into this darkness, and that's what. And inevitably, I think that's what like was Alexander's the Great's like downfall. I want to say. Hmm? Mm -hmm. That's a piece of history they don't teach in the history books. Definitely. I love that part. I love that parts of history. Mm -hmm. I think that would be an awesome That's why subject. I love my history of art teacher. She, she would tell you like things that like, you know, like how Van Gogh, he was addicted to opium. Um, you know, so you, you, normal traditional classes aren't going to tell you stuff like that. And knowing that now, you look at his work and you're like, oh, totally. It gives you an interesting totally, lens totally. to look at that through. Starry Nights, dude, he was probably fucked up. You know, he was chasing the dragon. Hmm? You know? So the sky was moving and he got to see these these sort of uh, plasticky, yeah. kind of mm -hmm. multi-dimensional. And plus being able just to play with color because, you know, I mean, you've done acid before, right? Hmm? Yeah. Sorry, I know you can't say. <laughs> my fault. I edit that part out. My vitamin C. <laughs> but if you if you paint on it, dude, it's just color. I remember I did um, colored pencils one time, and I did this Tigger that was like meditating all. I mean, I made them all like green, 
But I looked at it the next day, and it was just like, I almost bled right through the paper, because it was just like all the shades of green, just adding color oh. on color on color. You know, it's it's going to make everything like move and like kind of, you know? Yeah, it's alive. And you're, you're going to see like every shade of gray, you know, and shit like that, you know? That's why I like painting on it and drawing on it is awesome. Which, definitely, if you look at even, even I would say like Monet and stuff like that. You know? That was a huge, like, boom. Opium was huge in, like, France at that time. Wow, it's so interesting when you can look at it through that lens and look at all the artists at that point once Definitely. once that was a known thing and then just seeing, ah, they, they were, were they near to, that? They, weren't, they broke out of the traditional, you know, they were playing with color. It'd be neat to, uh... Oh, we go this way. It'd be neat to, uh... You know, kind of like with, with, uh... The Beatles with uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yeah, they got lost. Uh, that moment, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, and you, you see this whole, this whole change. It'd be interesting to see which, well, what was John the. John Lennon kind of found himself. Hmm? I think so, and George Harrison too. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so, like, let's think about like that idea, like you're saying with the opiates during those times. How interesting would that be? It'd be interesting to see the first painting that came after that experience. Mm-hmm. Definitely. To see, okay, well, what can, is that one? Well, you can see that even with Van Gogh and Monet because their first paintings are very, like, structured. This is, they learned it in school, you know what oh. I mean? They're, like, perfect. Very disciplined, you know? right? Yeah. Trying to be theory and, then, and uh, Afterwards, they were, afterwards, and they just started just fucking around, you know? Like, even, uh, I don't know. I'm not a big Picasso fan, so I don't even want to give him credit. But, but even with him, he changed, too, though. But I think he was more like daring to be different, you know. Kind of like real Dolly. quick, as this Dolly, is happening. Dolly speaking of Dolly, as you're saying that, there's this huge, a very tall statue. It's probably eight feet tall of a, of a of a naked little <laughs> child holding a frog upside down. <laughs> so that seems very Dalinian, right? But it, but very synchronistic. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess anything is up to the uh, lens yeah. through which, which it's looked. Especially at. new age art, man. Like the one guy that like. He ah. he cuts animals in half oh. and puts them in like little big boxes Uh-oh. of formaldehyde. Oh no! And then he calls it art. Oh no! It's not really art to me, bro. You just cut an animal in half, you know, and like yeah, yeah. The inside looks really cool and trippy, but I mean, you didn't really do anything. You just right. stuck it in a box and formaldehyde. You took credit for something that already was created. Yeah, God created it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I saw Snatch. If you had to think about it, you're not gonna remember the character. But one of the characters, he had, um, he had like gold teeth and he had like blonde hair and stuff mm. like that. He's a real famous DJ in like England. And so he's friends with Banksy. Yeah, which is the white dude on Mask of Attack. And so, I'm an idiot. Don't remember his name. Short-term memory. It's always less important to the people who know a secret identity it's less important to them than the ones who are trying to keep the secret well, identity I think that also it's massive attacks huge to the following people that like love their music you know what I mean they're not like you mentioned massive attack to a normal person they're gonna be like what I don't know what the hell you're talking about you know I'm sure Jenny never heard of it until I played it for her you know and first time I discovered him was Tom York did a song with him which was awesome yeah, which song was it Karma Coma Mm, what's another one? That does sound familiar. Well, they're I think the video looked like it was cars driving in a in a tunnel. I think from what I'm. You said. Yeah, Tom York from Radiohead. Yeah. It might have been that. I don't know. I 
He would totally do one, yeah. It's definitely his, you know, they're like a melodic, they're trip-hop, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm showing my age by saying that. Oh, there's a time when LimeWire was out there, and I have to admit, I had it downloaded, and I downloaded every Massive Attack album there was. LimeWire, yeah. But so you're saying that Banksy's in Massive Attack. Yeah. Yeah, Is there any actual true confirmation that that's the case? He would never. Did the DJ at all? That would ruin his whole, the, the nostalgia of it. Right. Well, did the DJ ever truly say, yes, this is this no, is truly it? but the way he said it was totally like... And everybody kind of figured it was because people are like, who's Banksy, you know? They shit, they even did a documentary on it. Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, that was great. People Exit gift noticed shop. that, like, every one of these pieces, Massive Attack did a show at, you know what I mean? Hmm? Like, the... Hmm? It was almost like a serial killer giving clues as to what his next thing was, huh? Mm-hmm. Like Jack the Ripper, but with music and art. Artistic-wise, I mean, he's not the best in the world, but I mean, I like his, I like his stuff, man. His stuff's cool. Mm-hmm. They really do make you think, and the thing is, is they're they're actually showing the truth they're of so, what's happening. They're so simple, <laughs> too, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's juxtapos- juxtaposing things that are similar, you know, analogous of one another, and you see this, and you're going, uh oh. Now you're confronted with this. You're like, okay, do I want to co-sign well, on this idea? Like he's a political graffiti artist, is what they say, or street artist, I think, is what they call him. You know, because all of his stuff is kind of political, you know. But no, I dig his stuff, man. I love his like his exhibits. You know, I would love to see one of his exhibits, dude, because they're only up for like a short amount of time. You know, even like like Jenny, we saw that uh, documentary on there where he did that one in like New York. You know, and it was like he, because all the people that are involved in the exhibits never meet him. They go from, like, you're, they're paid from a second-hand person, you know what I mean? Because they all question them afterwards, who did this, you know? But in New York, they had this guy that was, like, the Grim Reaper in a bump, bump, you know, like a go-kart bump cart, you know? Like. Hold on, I, I got to record this wild audio. Regular. Three coffees. Anything else? Nothing. Ten eighty one. Ten eighty one out of twenty. Part of the brotherhood, huh, bro? Oh my goodness, really? Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. That's crazy. The new one was awesome. 19, I haven't played it. 5, oh, really? 6, wow. 7, 8, 9. I totally. didn't have a job at the time, so I didn't. I wasn't able to buy it. Totally played well. Have a good night. And uh, you got the cup, right? Oh, yeah, thank you. Oh, great, thank you. Um. There you go. You get to experience this up close and personal. Up close and personal. You are not escaping. What kind of coffee are you getting? Just regular. So you're not going for decaf today? That's okay. Uh, see a latte. That's just my coffee humor. That's just my personal coffee humor. Soy milk? They might have soy milk. Hey, no harm in asking.
they, they cut fly wings and put it on the jewels so they'll, they'll sparkle. And if you see gold, it's actual real gold blended into the paint. Yeah, because we saw that one as a gold plate. So. And, and you'll see in the paintings as well as angels will start to appear. Yeah. They're taking from, they're taking it from India, and like, what you'll find out later is like, there's one or two in these leaves, not at this exhibit, but uh, Raphael's angels are mimics. Okay. That's really awesome. It's neat, like little Easter eggs, you know, like little nods to each other. Yeah. Well, that, and that's the thing that I liked, is like, I, when I went, I went to my master's program, I was studying Mughal and Ottoman, and what I like is the, when cultures collide, and get together, and so how things change and influence. Definitely. And so, yeah, because what it started was like I went to, I'm from Texas, and my high school was very um, eclectic. So when I went to, but we didn't, you know, you get American history and you get like the three major, like British, German, French history, Italy, mm. and Greece. But you don't like, you barely cover China, you barely cover India, but a lot of my classmates were from there. So when I went to college, like in world history, I studied each of my friends' backgrounds. And that's when I stumbled into this. And I had an ex-boyfriend that was Turkish that ended up being the name of three of the sultans. Mm. So, that's what so I you, It sounds like you experienced a lot of cosmic <laughs> stuff that kind of surrounds this. Huh? Did he ever call you Quebec? Hmm? Yeah. Isn't that baby in Turkish? But they, he keeps like the traditional like Hindu faces though. Right. Sounds like the almost like blank stares, you know. Right. Like even, even with like today's. Yeah, I, Persian may be at the start of the three quarter, but it's yeah. a, definitely like the shading and stuff, and oh like the backgrounds are starting to like wow. dissipate. And then Shah Jahan and Jahangir would be the epitome of the style, and Shah Jahan is the one who built the Taj Mahal. Um, and so, like, if his his, his woman. yeah, his grandfather Akbar built Humayun's yeah. tomb. Who's pictured in that mm -hmm. image over there, and not part over there? Um, that Humayun's students are red sandstone, white marble, semi structure of the Taj Mahal. But when you realize it's the person, they're right next to each other. So you'll, you'll know, you'll know that they're. But then he, the he did it so Yeah, I mean. To build a black one across the big like thing. Yeah, but they're also thinking that may have just been the shadow. So that's like the whole black part is kind of confusing, but his friend, his, his son overthrew him and was the religious zealot and is the one that India then fell to the British Empire. Yeah, it's on a huge top of the bucket list to see that. Have you seen that? No, that's the, the, the before I die, I have to see the Mayans too. And Taj Mahal, which is right next to it. I would say you can But you have to be careful the time of year to go, and that's one thing also to, to say is like, yeah, and you're likely to get um, a disease of some sort. So that's what people say, go later in life. Because <laughs> like, even like my old boss, she went to India and got really sick. Right, and so you really got, you didn't, like when I was, I studied Indian language as well in undergrad, and um, the teacher was like, I won't, she won't recommend anybody. You gotta make sure you bring a boat. To go. And one of my friends was Indian, when he went back, he got really sick with the, I got really sick when I was in South Africa. Uh, it, just, it, it totally destroyed me. But, like, actually, me and my sister. Uh, also, at my grad school, she was in West Africa. And she, the one yeah. time they did do the tablet, she got sick. And it was like six weeks. And you got to think so. that, like, they always tell you to always use bottled water. You know, but you go to a restaurant, they're not using bottled water. Oh. So, 
even just not just the water, but everything, food in general. Well, I had one, I knew one couple that they traveled around the world, and they said anytime they travel, they always went vegetarian, because you're less likely to get sick. Well, there's still nuances, but... Yeah, I just like the direct link with Brain Brown was like when I saw the exhibit, it's like, oh, I'll have to go. Wow, that is incredible. Thank you. So what time is it open till? So we're open until 9 o'clock. We open at 10. So, I mean, we just started on Saturdays. We just started doing that. But then on Fridays, we're doing it as well. It's like the summer hours. That's yeah. what we do. Thank you. Thank and what, what, time, do, what time do you start in the morning? 10 a.m. Well, as officers, we start at 9.30. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So I'm here from 9.30 to 9.30. Now, are you a fan of art? Uh, I mean... I guess so, yeah. I mean, but I don't know. Like, things. The only one I know is like Van Gogh. That's it. I mean, that's I'm sure by working here, you've learned to appreciate a lot of this yeah, stuff, right? Honestly, like, whoa, like, yeah, been a great education. Honestly, like, seeing things, it like trips me out where it's like, dang, like, people are really that talented or just, like, I don't know how people come up with things like this. You mm -hmm, know? Mm -hmm. Have you ever been to the villa before? No. Are you but that was the first one, right? Yeah, and then that this was the became first the second one. one. That one is crazy. Like that one is actually really cool. It's smaller, right? Way in smaller. Malibu, if Malibu, I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like Mr. Getty's like first. Like that was his house actually. So oh, so he lived in his own art gallery basically. Yeah. It wasn't like an art gallery at first, but then like after that, like he made it into that. So I always think that one's cool. It's way better than here, just because this one, eh, it's too big, you know. But I don't know what else would I gotta you check like it out. to know. Okay. Um, so this is what I want to know is. I'm sure there are certain artists that you you grew up like reading either you know an art class or history class or something, and now they come through here. Has that happened before? Where you're like, oh my god, that's that painting I remember from reading about to in history honest, or something. It's crazy that when I was little, I used to come to field trips here, and that's what trips me out because I like walking through here. It's like, all right, I remember this, but it's like the only ones I I honestly remember as a little kid was Van Gogh mm -hmm. and Picasso. That's the only thing. But they don't even, they took down the Picasso here because someone did uh, art damage. No and they had way. had to put it away, yeah. Were you working here when that happened or before you yeah, got here? that was way before that I was even here, so. Did they cut, I mean, did that, what happens when someone does something when like that? it's an art damage, it depends on how big the art damage is. So, Say it's a scratch on it, like the curators, or I forgot what the name is that the people that fix um, our art. Oh yes, like restoration restoration artists, yes, basically. Uh -huh. um, they usually see what they can fix, but I'm guessing like the people that do the art damage, they get a fine for it, and I think they. I get mean, this is like something that is like like some of these things are made way back in the 1800s, and even further back at 1600s. You can't even replace any of this, so that's why it's like we're here because people from like the foreigners they think that since you know since it's like they think it's fake, so they think they can like touch things. And, oh, yeah. They think it's fake. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so that's why like if you see like a lot of people like touching it because they think that in their country it's okay to do that. So oh. it's weird. Yeah. Do are there signs that say don't touch the yeah, art? So I mean. In a museum, it's like you wouldn't want people coming inside your house and touching things, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like it's pretty like 
also works for it. It's just it's common sense not to touch things or like the ropes. People still touch it even if there's ropes um, or like the little little things. Or if you notice like carefully around the galleries, you'll see like the different colors of the mm -hmm. wood, and that's pretty much like the boundary line, like to have it. But people don't notice those. Like things. sort of a, a psychological yeah. kind so, of. So like right here. You can see like the difference, like this is dark wood. Right. You see how it is. So like pretty much this would be a safe distance from the art right oh, here. Oh, right, yeah. right. So people don't look at that, but every time like I catch them, I'll be like, look, take a look at this and then. That's good. Because I'm one of those people who gets close to see the details and, and like, because that's fascinating, because you know. Like, you know, but then people start pointing. Oh, geez. That's... And then it's just like, they don't understand when they get offended when I'm like, hey, please don't point or, you know, you're too close. And they're like, why? It's because if, say I'm pointing, someone pushes me, my finger goes through the thing, oh, you know? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's a lot of things that people don't understand that, you know, but... Has any of this inspired you to make any of your own art? I am not an artistic person. Like, I can do stick figures, that's it. But it has, just like sculptures, most definitely, or just seeing, like, the back history. It has, like, it's, it's crazy just being here. And being at the villa, it's it's opened my eyes a lot, like a lot with different things or just like hearing the docents. The docents are the people that walk around and give the tours. Um, it's crazy on how back like the history is, like what the real meaning of these paintings are or like how they were found or how much money like the actual Getty spends on it. Like crazy, crazy stuff. Well, thank you so much, Shirley, right? Shirley. Thank you so much. And what, what's your official title here? Um, I'm security officer. Oh, very good. Do they give you a taser gun? No, I wish. <laughs> they just give us a flashlight, and that's it. I guess that's all we need to be saying. Yeah, oh, yeah, just shine a light in their eyes, exactly. okay? We're, yeah. Thank you so much.
new music for the player piano inspired by Paper Promises early American photography. Now, that was just done over a brochure, <clears throat> but this is a player piano, and there are pianos laid about on a carpet, and people are watching this player piano make, make piano music. It's quite interesting, especially after I saw in the gift shop those little, those little tiny, um, this reminds me of that, I just, you know, the little cranking thing I did. And E2 is off to the left from where I'm standing. There's a uh, projector screen. Apparently there's a video camera on it somewhere, so to the left is a projector screen so you can see it um, well, wherever you're standing. This by Corey Fogel, and it's called About to Reach a Kind of Maw. This woman is now pulling down like a like a typewriter. She's pulling a little sheet. And she's about to hit play. Winding it like a typewriter. The sheet of music is the ribbon of ink. Uh oh, here we go. The piano keys. 